You ever just hear something and you just can't get it out of your head and no matter what you do, um, that's what this podcast episode is about. What's up guys? Roy here. You're on the Balance Mill podcast series. And today's episode is basically, I think for lack of a better term, it's a journey. <laughs> I know that sounds cheesy, but it that's just it is what it is. It's a journey. Uh it feels like a sermon, uh, which makes me feel all sorts of things. Just <laughs> that I'm gonna talk about this, talk about a sermon. Um but it's also just this I mean it really it's just been this journey of just like looking and at this one little thing that I heard and how it has just kind of morphed and shifted and changed into this to what I'm to essentially what I'm going to be talking to y'all about right now. And this does cover sort of the spiritual side of me. Uh, that's a part of me that I'm always engaged with. I mean, you guys have listened and seen, you know, there's, yes, there's dad talks and I'm, yes, I'm talking about fatherhood and things of why I find balance. But, you know, like I say, you know, I, I think that reconciling with your past, reconciling with things in your life that you need healing in are important. And that's kind of what I've also been doing here with these last couple episodes that I've put out where I'm talking with people that were part of the church that I was a part of and, you know, us trying to figure out if together, if this thing that we were in as kids and young adults was a cult, um, so yeah, that's been fun. I got another episode that'll come up in a couple weeks after that. And uh yeah, but uh let's dive into this journey. I hope that it is as fun a ride for you guys as it's been for me. Now, to start off sort of where this all came from. Uh I'm always following pastors and churches from all walks of life on social media, on YouTube. I, I'm always wanting to hear what people are saying out there. Uh, what's the, the cool new things that people are trying to, to push, you know, in, in the contemporary Christian world. And so I was following, I was listening to this one podcast. Um, and I don't want to say the podcast because I I don't like the guy at all that runs this podcast. I don't like how he's gotten famous. I don't like that. But he had this one specific pastor and I don't really want to say the pastor's name either. He was um he was pretty big and uh he's recently sort of fallen out of light, and I don't want to sort of put more energy into that per se, but they're talking about just just God and faith, and one of the guys on the show just asks the pastor, you know, 
do you believe that there's a dark side of faith? And the pastor goes into this kind of talk about that, and yeah, he believes in it, but it's real surfacey. But for me, when I heard that the dark side of faith, I kind of like, it was like, kind of like an explosion. <laughs> and, and I was like, whoa, that's cool. I'm going to talk about that. And I went down this deep rabbit hole, and I basically like, wrote out this episode about faith having a dark side in like three days and and then it's just been sitting here i'm staring at it right now looking at the wall and looking at what i've i wrote and and all of that and and it sat i mean this has been i don't know maybe a year sitting on this um and then like i don't know why i couldn't like couldn't like get it out I think it was just kind of like you know how you ever just like you're trying to fix something or work with something or if you're doing something creative and it doesn't matter what you do or or how you change it it's just not working and so I just kind of put it to the side and was like all right I'm, I'm just gonna you know let it sit maybe if I let it sit and marinate you know like a, a nice rag of ribs or something all the spices and stuff you put in will just start to work together and then so then so then you know a few months ago I was like all right let's revisit this and because I couldn't stop thinking about just this idea that faith can have a dark side because if you look in the world and you look at like the bible I mean the bible church christianity is a very polarizing thing um it's just so wild how like someone can read the bible and get they'll read a scripture and they'll get one thing out of it, and then another person will come and they'll read the Bible, and then they'll read the same scripture, but get something totally different. And it blows my mind. It also blows my mind that you can have someone that's a Christian that goes to something like the Westboro Baptist Church, for example, who see see the world in a very, or see the not the world, but but Christianity in a very dark light. And, you know, do the things like protesting soldiers' funerals and and people of the LGBTQ community and those kind of things. And you can have those type of people that will read the Bible. And then you have people like, you know, just the opposite of that, Mother Teresa, who spends her whole life in the act of service. And so as I'm looking at it, I'm like, yes, faith has a dark side. Let's talk about it. But then it still just, like, wasn't working and it, it just like, I don't know why. I think there was a part of me that's like insecure of talking about the dark side of faith because it gets very Star Wars-y, you know? But anyway, um, and then the other day, um, I was just reading this book uh, by Ram Dass, who if you guys are into just diving into sort of a, the spiritual side of you and just a deep understanding of the world. Ram Das is a great author. He wrote a book called Grist for the Mill. That is great. Uh, be here now. Uh, Grist for the Mill, I mean, I've read three times in the last three or four years, um, but Paths to God is the book. And it's basically his, 
his sort of lecture series on the Bhagavad Gita. I know. Here we go. We've I've said Bhagavad Gita. Now we're Star Wars. Whoa. Calm down, Roy. But anyway, uh, just roll with me, guys. I promise we won't get incredibly woo-woo. We'll get a little woo, but not too woo-woo. All right? But, but anyway, in this book, Pass to God, this lecture series on the Bhagavad Gita, he, he mentioned this thing called a theology of convenience. And when I heard that, it was like, holy crap, there it is. That's what I'm talking about. That word was like that secret spice that you find and you put on, you add to the rub that you're about to do that just ties the whole thing together. And I was like, that's it. That's what I, that's, that's the end. That's why I want to keep talking about this, the theology of convenience. So, so yeah, here we are now and I'm ready to share this sort of idea. Um, and so I think that, that I have some cool points about this, and so let's get into it. Wow, nine-minute intro, right on. So faith having a dark side, where I started, I'm going to share with that, because yes, it sounds Star Wars-y, but I think about, when I'm thinking about faith and Star Wars, I think about you know, we think about the force. And so the force, for those of you that don't um, don't know Star Wars, I don't know many people who don't know that much about Star Wars now, but, uh, but you know, you have the force, and the force was the energy that binds everything together, right? And you could use the force to do things. You could use the force for all sorts of stuff, <laughs> open doors, stop droids, um, <laughs> all of those things. But in it, you have the force, and the force has a light side, and the force has a dark side. And you have, you know, the light side, you have Yoda, Obi-Wan, Luke Skywalker, um, and then on the dark side, you have the Sis, the Emperor, Darth Vader. Now, There's always this fear in these in these movies that the dark side, you don't want to tap into the dark side. The dark side was <clears throat> it was it was full of like, you know, the dark side of the force is where fear comes from. You um there's that famous famous uh line in Empire Strikes Back where Yoda is telling um, Luke, you know, be careful of fear because fear will consume you and fears leads to the path to the dark side. Um, so you have that, you have the greed, you have fear, fear of change, fear of stuff, you have inability to let go, right? And then you have the light side and the light side of the force is aligned with honesty, compassion, mercy, um sacrifice, those type of things. I know that's the line. I forgot it. It's fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And then hate leads to, hate leads to suffering. And 
you see this in the story with regards to Anakin. And yes, I just want to let you guys know, I'm going to nerd the fuck out on Star Wars for a minute, but I promise there's a point to, to all of this. And if you'll ride, if you'll ride with me, it's going to be great. So you have Anakin Anakin is who becomes Darth Vader. And so Anakin's story is the story of how you, you engage with the force and it leads you to the dark side. And Luke's story is engaging with the force and going to the, to the light side of the force. And so how Anakin, you know, engages with the dark side of the force becomes Darth Vader, um, is all out of fear in the very first sort of in, in the very beginning of the story, you have Anakin and as a kid and Anakin comes from a very poor background. It was him and his mom, no money, no nothing. And he's, he's seen by Qui-Gon Jinn and they see that, that this kid is engaging with the force and, and he has power, but, but what Anakin ultimately has is this fear. So out of, out of having nothing, you know, it's hard for you to see the world in a nice, in sort of like an easy way. And yes, he was a kid and, and he's a kid and is happy-go-lucky, but, but there was this fear inside of him, fear of loss. And what ends up happening to Anakin's mother is she ends up being killed. And I'm skipping over a lot, so the Star Wars... Um, Star Wars guys, just bear with me. But anyway, there's this fear that he doesn't want to lose this. He doesn't want to lose his mother, but he does end up losing his mother. He comes back after a few after a while, and his mother had died, and that really that really shakes him to his core. And from there, he's trying to use the Force to protect, but ultimately, it's using the Force out of fear of loss, which leads to his love for Padme. And he ends up losing her. There's this constant sort of battle with him. And so it's this him of like trying to use the force for strength, for protection, but it's all out of fear. And so this fear in Anakin leads to an anger that he can't protect himself. He can't protect the people he loves. That leads to anger. And his anger grows. And a lot of us know that if we engage with our anger... We engage with our that side of us and let it overcome us. Really rough, bad things can happen, right? And that's what ends up happening to to Anakin. That anger ends up leading to hate, hate for people, ultimately hate for his for Obi Wan. They end up having a battle, and the battle is rough, and it ends up really destroying Anakin, losing his legs, his arms, burning in fire, and having to become Darth Vader. And you can see that through the stories, for those of you that have read, that Darth Vader was a very tortured soul. So right like Yoda said, his fear led to anger, his anger led to hate, and his hate led to suffering. And, you know, with... So... The more that I was looking at this and the more that I was like thinking about how the force had two sides, I was like, of course, of faith with people, faith can have a dark side as well. 
And that sort of was where I was going with that. And I think we can see that when we are engaging in a faith, or the you know faith in God, that there's always a couple ways to look at it. And so I was thinking about this and how would how would the dark side of faith look? And for me, it was very easy to point these things out. I think when you're when you're engaging with when you would engage with this dark side of faith, the qualities that you would start seeing are, you know, things like winners and losers. That's a big one. There's an in and out. You're in or you're out of God's love. I think the dark side of faith is very surfacey. Uh, it divides. It tears down. There's a lot of cynicism with it, with regards to like how the world is, how the world works, the human condition. It builds walls. Um, people engaged in the dark side of faith, you know, probably very easy, easily angered. And I think you see that a lot um, with some of these churches, with the things that are coming up in our culture, in our world. People, these Christians just seem so angry. You know, everything is dualistic. And what I mean by dualistic thinking is it's that thinking of this or that, okay? Like a, a either or, either or. you know, it's like a black-white. And there's a lot of people that read the Bible that way, that the Bible is a black and white thing. There's no nuance, there's no fuzziness to this. There's no gray areas. Okay, it's work, 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 perform, keep up. You know, a lot of us, especially in the church that I was in, you know, our faith was based on works and performance and keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with how these leaders and these people would tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Last two things, I think it's a very, they're very resistant to change. That's a big one. <clears throat> a lot of these people that are engaging in faith like this um, can't accept the world as it's changing. It's it's all this like desire to come back to whatever it was. Things are this way. That's how they're going to be. And then it also like the faith has to fit into the box, right? So it has to, for instance, like if you sin, you need to repent. And then if you repent, you're fine. And then sin is this, sin is, is that. You know, God does this, God does that. Everything has to fit in a box. It's very rigid. And so the opposite of that, the light side, <laughs> I think the light, the light side is also based out of, out of this, like, desire for love, connection, and understanding. I think when you're engaging in faith in the Bible and God that way, there's a hope. There's a hope for the world. There's a very giving attitude, right? You're giving to people, places, things of your money, time. There's empathy for people, empathy for empathy and compassion for others. I think people engaging in a faith this way gets very, we build a lot of bridges. It's connecting with people and you also excuse me also you don't need all the answers or to have it all figured out right i think there's there's um 
there's a lot that we don't know and that's okay. There's also a light side of faith. You're patient. It's all about healing. There's a grace to things. Um, and you're not, you're more, um, you're not so approach things with fear as much as you're approaching things with curiosity. And I know as I've sort of describing that, I know all of you can think of ways that you have engaged in a faith like that. But then, so how this is a journey is so then after that, I was like, I don't know, it just feels like, like, of course, there's two sides to faith because, you know, in us, you know, we have the capacity for all of this. Like Anakin had the capacity to be compassionate and loving, using the force with honesty, compassion, and mercy. Sure. The same thing with Luke. He could have used the same thing. His family, what he knew as his family, had been killed. He could have taken that anger and fear and fed that fo- that side of the force as well. So, you know, and you can hear those 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 um, phrases about like in us are the two wolves, the white and the, the black wolf, or the light and the dark wolf. You know, whatever you feed will be stronger. So it was like I was thinking about that, and then I was like shifting it to like there's a faith that gives and a faith that takes, and And it's kind of like thinking about faith when you're engaging in the light side of you or the shadow side of you. Um, and, and we all, if you've heard of the shadow side, that's that work about, um, it's sort of the things that we put as like, quote unquote, negative in our lives. You can do shadow work that kind of uh, can help. I've, I've done shadow work where I'm talking with my therapist about these things in my life that, that, I, that are dark to me with fear, anger. It's always fear and anger, right? Fear and anger are so strong in our lives. And it can be so controlling, right? I know that just mentioning that, those of you listening are probably thinking about sort of these ways that we've let fear and anger control us, right? And so the faith that gives and the faith takes. And I want to read an example in the Bible of of this, like this, these two, these these people engaging in both sides of it. Yes, this is a sermon, so I'm going to read the Bible, and and I'm reading John eight uh, two two through eleven. And so the passage of this is called An Adulteress Forgiven. Now, I do want to let you know that the translation that I'm using is the Holden Christian Standard Bible. If you don't really read the Bible, just don't pay any attention to it, what I just said. But um, I've, I've really sort of, over the years, really enjoyed this translation of the Bible. Okay? So... An adulteress forgiven. Now at dawn he went to the temple complex again, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. 
and the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stopped or stooped down, I'm sorry, stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. And I do want to point out that some people have said that like in the translations in Hebrew and Greek that he basically just kind of stopped and just kind of was doodling, which I think is hilarious. When they And then they persisted in questioning him. He stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the one, should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground, doodling. <laughs> when they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord. She answered, Well, neither do I condemn you. Said Jesus, Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. And so, like, you have, <laughs> God, I, I used to like, I went through a time when I didn't read the Bible at all. Uh, and coming back to the Bible, as I've done in the last few years, this, this sort of passage has always just been kind of like a great passage for me to see. Just kind of like an example of like how I want to be as a father, how I want to be as a person. And, and, You'll see after I talk about this more kind of why. And so you have these two groups of people in this passage. You have the Pharisees. They were the, the, the teachers of the law. And then you have Jesus. Now, they're coming to Jesus with this woman who committed adultery. And in, in the Jewish faith and in these times, yes, this, you know, if you were caught in adultery, there were certain things that would happen. And yes, it was terrible. So fucked up because it's always the women who suffer in this. It's crazy to me that, that this was how it was, but that's how it was. And that's the same thing. I was talking about this with uh, my, my last person I interviewed on the podcast for the cult about how when it comes to sex and Christianity, the women are the ones that suffer the most when they get caught and it's stupid. Anyway, moving on. So you have the Pharisees and you have Jesus coming to him with this, this topic. And this was a very important topic to talk about, you know. But what you have here is an example of people dealing with the faith that gives and the faith that takes, or the dark side versus the light side. To give qualities. So you have the Pharisees. Let's go over the qualities. They're very much, like I said before, there is, um, she needs to be punished. There's anger, right? There's a big show about it, right? And they're doing that to kind of like get Jesus in a corner. Uh, there's a lot of black and white dialogue. There's a lot of no mercy. And again, probably loud, right? She needs to be punished. No, she was wrong. This is what she does. There needs to be this, blah, blah, you know, all of that classic stuff that you would see with people engaging in faith that way. You know, anger, dualistic thinking, it's in winners and losers. The Pharisees are doing this, right? And then you've got Jesus. Jesus is very calm. Uh, 
There's a forgiving nature to him, as you can see in this, mercy, grace, and there's a gray area. And so, like, I'm like, you're seeing this, and, and like, a lot of you are like, oh, no, there, you know, you do something wrong, you need to be punished. And you got this thing with adultery, and adultery is such a, God, it's a toxic, terrible thing to be done, right? And a lot of people would hear that and like, yes, you need to be stoned in this, in this, um, in this city, in this culture, right? But then you have Jesus who's like, hold on a second. And I might be putting words and ideas in his brain, but is adultery really, and I'm going to say something and, and is it really black and white? Oh, let me go back for a second, because Jesus paused. <laughs> he paused, like I said. He went and he doodled. And I'm going to go more into like the power of the pause here in, an, in the next couple of episodes. But the pause is important. And what do you think? When you pause, you're allowing for things to calm down, right? And so Jesus was probably pausing to kind of be like, let's chill out for a second, calm down. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's so many theories about why he paused, but for me and for what I'm talking about, I think the pause was to settle everything down. And a lot of times when we're angry, like these Pharisees were incredibly angry, at this woman and at this this whole situation. And also, where was the guy? Nobody talked about that either. Sorry. Uh. Um, they were so focused on being right. They were angry. They weren't probably thinking straight. You know, and that's what happens. When we're angry, when we want to be right, when we feel that something has been wronged, we start yelling, screaming, we, we kind of act, or we react, I'm sorry, we react to things. And I think with the pause, Jesus is allowing for, for himself and maybe these people to act. And I love his response, because, you know, and, may, and I, don't know, I don't know why he thought this is what I need to do. But I think a lot of times when we're wronged, we forget that the person that wronged us was human. We forget that that person, there were a thousand things that led up to whatever it was that wronged them. You know, to kind of compare it, it's like when we're getting like cut off in traffic or someone bumps you in line. You know, we don't know what happened to that person that put them in such of a big hurry to not think about us, but it wasn't, it, it's unlikely that they're doing these things just to be a dick. And I think with this adultery, it might have been a thousand reasons why. Maybe she wasn't even an adultery. Maybe this was just a lie. Who knows, right? But Jesus's response was the opposite of the Pharisees. Instead of wanting to stone them, he was like, well, I mean, if you've never done anything wrong, you throw the stone. And he threw it on these guys. And I think when you think about that, it's like with my kid, like, 
when I want to yell and scream at him for something he's done, it's like, well, when have I, do I need to be acting like this? You know, haven't I messed up before or I'm dealing with my friends or people in my life, my wife, you know, when she does something to me, I want to react instead of act. But I, and, and it's so easy for us to forget the humanity and that, that there's a human across from us. You know, and, and I think what it's cool is he still kind of talked about the adultery. He just was like, I don't condemn you. Just don't, you know, go. And from now on, don't sin anymore. And I think the thing that's so also so cool about that, it's that, it's that power of forgiveness, power of connection, power of empathy and grace. You know, those things in our lives change us so much more than a punishment. You know, a punishment only builds obedience, right? You know, your dog pees on the carpet, you rub its nose in it, and it learns not to pee anymore. You can't do that with your kid, (laughs) right? (laughs) Sorry, I just have this image of my head of somebody when their kid pees in their pants and you rub their nose in the pants and how terrible that would be right but but we can't we can't approach a lot of things in that way right you know i don't want my son to just be obedient i want him to transcend that you know and i think you you transcend obedience into that deeper deeper understanding of the world and life and the human condition when you are forgiven when you're shown grace and there's so much power in that. And and we don't know what happened to this woman. It just stops there. But I, I don't I think, you know, that if that there was probably a shift. I remember my I've been forgiven by my parents. That changed me. We all know I could sit here and list off the hundred times in my life that I've been shown forgiveness and grace, just like you probably could, because we know it and it's powerful. And when we're engaging in a faith that gives, we're giving an opportunity to transcend and to connect. And it's, it's, it's the way that I think, I mean, it's the way I think we should do it. But honestly, I ain't trying to tell people how per se. Um, remember, I'm just a channel. I'm not the source. I just think this is cool to talk about, you know. And I think what Jesus was doing in here is is he kind of like, Um, there's this, like, he wasn't holding so tight to this. And I think a lot of times when we're dealing with people that are engaging in this type of faith, you know, they hold so tight to what it was and what it looks like. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. I think I'm going to table that for a little bit. You know, and you think like, like, how do you get here? Right? How do we get here? And I was thinking there's there's a lot of reasons how we get here. A lot of times it's the it's the um, system that you're in, the church that you're in. Um, you know, you think about how did Anakin go to the dark side? It was like the negativity, focusing on the fear. Uh, he was a product of a lot of things that he couldn't control. Um, and it's it is hard. It's hard for us that are trying to engage in this, in the faith and the Bible to not get caught up in that kind of faith that takes. Um, Because in a lot of ways we want to be right. 
We want to, we want things in a nice, clean, easy, how to, you know, how to live type of thing, 10 steps to get into heaven. You know, we want to know that A plus B gives you C. And so, you know, this is kind of what leads me into what I think really I'm talking about. And that for me made a lot more sense in this journey and where I'm at now with this is just that idea of a theology of convenience. And so I think all of us, when we're engaging in the Bible, when we're praying or approaching God, looking for answers, um, we're approaching this with our kind of baggage. And a lot of times, instead of really looking for answers or a deepening understanding, we're kind of looking to be right. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's what the theology of convenience is, just you know, finding things in the Bible that proves you're right proves that these people doing those things are wrong and they're going to hell and that what I'm doing is right. And then when we do that, there's this sort of, I don't know, comfort. But I notice in me when, when I would do that and when I was in that, that, that life, you know, I think about, in the in the church and in the movement and even like recently just anger is a big part of it fear there was a fear i was always afraid that something would come up that would topple it all topple it all all the things that i learned and that i would have been wrong And that my faith was so rigid, and I've talked about that enough but in, in previous episodes, but, but when we get that way, all it does is give us a surfacey existence and a surfacey understanding because all we're doing is, is regurgitating what we heard before, repeating what we heard before, and taking that as, as the theology. And in reality, we're not engaging at all. And, I, and it's easy for us to want that because, you know, the, the, less, the less that I've engaged with that mindset, the more questions that have shown up. And that's hard. But it's also been freeing as well because I, I do think that the search is more of the point when we're engaging with this. It's not about being right. I don't think we're ever going to be proven that what we believe is right when it comes to God. Um, and it's it's very dangerous to sit here and to hold so tight to, to the, the rituals, the traditions, the beliefs, and not allowing it to, to live and grow as you grow. And I know that we want to be right. You know, it has to be right. A lot of us, it has to be right. This has to be the way. There's people that are in, there's people that are out. That's easy. I get it. I can live that way. We need the winners and losers. But the more that I think about it is we're holding on to this theology of convenience. Like, 
I don't know. I'm just saying, like, what if in that we're the losers? What if we're the ones that are holding it all, tearing it all down? It kind of looks that way to me when I'm, I'm seeing the division here in the world. The fact that there's thousands of churches, the fact that we're all seem to be whipped into a frenzy. <laughs> we're afraid of everything and anything that's in our path that doesn't look, sound, feel like we're used to. We have no empathy for each other, no grace, no patience. I'm just as guilty of it. I'm not saying all of these things to say that I've figured it all out. But we have to engage the Bible. I, I believe that the Bible and all of this was meant to be participated with. It wasn't meant to be taken at face value. It was meant to be dug into, to think, to, to, to mess with you in a sense, the way that like true knowledge and understanding of truth sort of fucks you up. You know, you ever, you, you learn something and it just shifts everything, right? And we have to be careful that when we approach God or source or whatever you call it, approach the divine, that you try to let yourself go a little bit. Because if you don't, you're only seeing yourself in the words. You're only seeing yourself as God. It just becomes a mirror. Someone said that. You read the Bible and it just becomes a mirror and I don't think that's the purpose of it. That doesn't lead to a deep understanding. It doesn't lead to connection. It doesn't lead to hope or giving. And so it, it, it's hard, but it's worth it. I've been doing it. And, I, and it's easy to even like, it's easy to think that you're on the faith that gives and that becomes your dogma and you become just as rigid. Like that's why my Instagram is full of people from all of the sides. Because I'm not right. Yes, I believe that as I'm reading the Bible lately, and I have let go of those that rigid, um, dualistic mindset, that I am learning way more and feeling a connection to things that I've never felt before. And I also know that I'm still just me. And I also like to have things like my understanding just kind of like messed with in a way. Not like in not like in test because it's kind of like when you're forging steel, you kind of like have to keep, you kind of have to keep testing the steel, putting it in the fire. That's how it gets more refined. You have to be listening. But I think the difference in in what I'm doing is is I'm I'm trying to listen and I'm trying to understand because I know that person screaming about how, um, whoever is wrong. And they're screaming at them and calling them like the devil and things like that. They're just hurt and they're scared. They're just people. And I think that the more we can see that, I don't know. I'd like to be in a world full of that, full of grace, empathy, seeing people for the humans that they are, forgiveness. I know I need to keep doing that. So, yeah, faith has a dark side. <laughs> But it really is just us being in this theology of convenience. And I don't think that it's supposed to be convenient. 
but I do think in the inconvenience of it, there is a deeper, beautiful life understanding on the other side of it. So I hope that we can continue engaging in that because it sure would be awesome, right? So thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, continue being excellent to each other. Um, we'll have a dad talk next week and a couple of episodes coming up that I'm excited about. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. You guys are awesome. And also if you, uh, were a part of the ICOC and would like to share, uh, your story on here with me and have a conversation, you can reach out to me on Instagram through the bounce mill podcast. You can DM me through there. You can also email me at, uh, the it's the balanced mail PCAST or just balanced mail PCAST at gmail.com. And we can connect and do all of those things. So, uh, until next time, peace be with you.